Thank you in your name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Lake Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Amen. I do want to make you aware of something that we're going to be doing over the next few months. David and Shonda Tompkins, who are a great blessing to us, they were with us during the Arise Conference. They have the opportunity in which they are building, in fact, they're getting the um, uh, all of the uh, plans and uh, for building a mission training center in northern Africa. Now, northern Africa is a strategic place because it's entirely Muslim. So it's important. And if you want a great place to invest in, this is where you need to invest. And so we're going to be taking up offerings every Sunday, every Wednesday, and you can give to this And when they come on the 25th of June, that's when David's going to come and minister and share what God is doing in there and and give us an update. We're going to give him a big check. I'm going to say that again so I didn't get the response. We're going to give him a big check. Amen. Because I want to have my fingerprints in the Muslim world. How about you? I want to be in heaven and see people that were in northern Africa come to me and say, thank you for giving to that mission training center. It changed my life and I have been redeemed because of your giving. Amen. And uh, praise the Lord. So this is a wonderful opportunity that we can give here. Amen. Hallelujah. My mic is acting weird. Is it all right? We doing okay? Sounds a little hot. Hello, hello, hello. Turn it down a little bit. All right. Praise the Lord. So every service, we're going to bring this up to you. It's PMI missions. You can give through Lake Church. Just uh, not your tithe and offering, but a special offering to go to the building of this mission training center in northern Africa. Amen. Can we believe God for that? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Turn in your Bibles to 1 John. 1 John, and we're starting a new series here that I believe is very vital and important as the Lord has shared with us cross-eyed and has shared with us here and be healed. And if you missed any of those messages, you can get them. We've got them on USB for you. I believe that they're integral to the season that we're in today, and I believe that this is integral uh, to the season in which we live today. Uh, I've entitled this something, uh, a quote from Jesus. He says, see that no man deceives you. We need to understand that we're swimming in deception. And it is only through the Holy Spirit and the word of God that we can actually operate in the truth. And uh, we're living in a world of pretense. I mean, absolute pretense where people are putting on masks, saying they're they're fine when they're not fine. Hello. Acting like they got the world by the tail, acting as if they are uh, somewhere that they are not. Uh, Many people express their pain by acting happy on social media and taking a snapshot of a moment but failing at a lifetime. 
And this is kind of where we're at, you know, where we're kind of in this society, in this culture right now. And, you know, there's a lot of big lies that have been told that the church is believing. One of them is this. It was told during the pandemic. Church is not essential. That was the lie of the whole pandemic right there. That was the lie of the whole pandemic. That was the psychological operation of the whole pandemic, friends. It wasn't about mask or no mask. It wasn't about it. It was about church is not essential. The weed store is essential. Hello. Liquor store is essential. God forbid we shut Walmart down. But you better not come and collectively worship God. Amen. And there's a great deceptions that come off of that little, little deceptions that come off of church not being essential. It leads you to believe that you can live your life, you see, without community. You can live your life irrespective of other people in your church, and that's just simply not true. You were never created to live that way. You were never created to live isolated. And I'm I'm speaking by the Spirit of God here. There are people that are leaving, that are leaving and isolating themselves from groups of people that God put them in, and they're being deceived in doing that. Whenever you have an inclination to break off and to get away from a group that God put you in, you are under deception. And basically, you're just being taken out from the herd so that you can be easy prey for the enemy to pounce on. And I'm saying that by the Spirit of the Lord right now. I mean, I, I see it. The, the independent spirit that's in the church, it is, uh, it is anathema to God. God hates it. God reviles it. Well, I know what's best. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know I don't need anybody. I don't need anyone. That is not the spirit of Christ. That's the spirit of Antichrist. And I'm going to show it to you over these lessons. So we kind of live in this culture today where it's kind of like uh, me on social media and me in real life. So we have Cristiano Ronaldo, my son, my grandson's named Cristiano, so I like that name. But he's sitting in his private jet, but here I am. I'm sitting right there by the wash tub. Okay? So we kind of live in this environment where we're just posing, you know. Uh, Another illustration is this, is me and social media and me in real life. I'm trying not to use people, because if I use people, you just get offended. If I use a lady, you're just being mad on the lady. If I use a guy, don't be so hard on us, brother. So I'm using animals, all right? And then, of course, we have this. All these filters that they're using now, I mean, their face has no wrinkles whatsoever. There's absolutely no moles or anything unsightly at all. That's kind of the world in which we live in today. And it has dangerous, dangerous ramifications. Because good news, it travels fast. But bad news goes at the speed of light. Amen. Did you know this? 
that if I tell something good, you know, that happened to Joel here, people will say, really? You mean, really? He won the lottery? You, you Really, he did? It's hard for them to believe that something good would happen to Joel. But if I said Joel had something bad happen to him, I said, ah, I knew that. <laughs> Come on, I, I could have told you that. Did you see what he'd been drinking? Do you see how he had been acting around there? See, we all know about bad news. We don't believe the best. Like the Bible says, we believe the worst about people. Amen? I mean, if I said Joel won the lottery, some of you would be calling and saying, Joel, did you really win the lottery? But if something happened bad to him, you wouldn't even call. You'd just say, oh, yeah, well, I, yeah, yep, yeah, I figured, I figured that. See, we live in an environment that's filled with negativity and deception. And the pride of our own heart. This is found in the scripture. Obadiah 3. The pride of your own heart is deceiving you. Amen. And so we live in a world of deception. Amen. Hallelujah. Kirby, would you help me with my scriptures here? Praise the Lord. Let's go to uh, 1 John chapter 2. And verse number 18. Now, I'm going to give you insight and awareness about how to live above the deceptive times in which we live in. Over the last three years, the enemy has played very heavy-handedly and has shown his cards, so to speak. And it's amazing to me that many people don't see it. Many, many people don't see what's really going on. And it, it, he has overplayed his hand. He has overplayed it, but yet people are just taking it hook, line, and sinker. They're taking it as reality. And we have to understand that, you know, we don't need to focus on the exterior to perceive and know what the truth is. See, our outside is not really the indicator of what is true. It's what's going on on the inside of us. And so I'm going to, as we go through these scriptures, I'm going to give you keys to rising above these deceptive times. Because Jesus said, see that no man deceive you. Okay. And you know what? We live in a deceptive world. Those illustrations were just kind of funny ways of looking at it, but they can go into deeper and darker places in which people are deceiving and putting on false faces and saying things that they're not. And a lot of it has to do with the end times, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. So let's, uh, let's look at verse 18. He says, he starts with the uh, word children. Children, you got it? It ain't there, brother. Yeah, it is. First John, it's five. Hmm. Okay. Let's see where we're at. I must have wrote the wrong one down. Okay. Well, let's just let's just turn in our Bibles. That'd be good. <laughs> he starts off with the word children. Children. 
If you're going to rise above the deceptive world in which we live in, you've got to become like a child to the things of God. You've got to become like a child. Amen? Now, in the world, you've got to be wise as a serpent. But when it comes to the things of God, you've got to be childlike. You've got to say, if daddy says it, I believe it. If the word pronounces it, I believe it. Now, you'll get made fun of for doing that. You'll be ostracized and mocked and criticized and persecuted for having a childlike faith towards God. There'll be people that will chide you and say, oh, you're just believing in fairy tales or you're just believing that. But if you don't become a child, you don't become a child in the things of God. Now, wise as a serpent, you know, I've, I've taught our people in Bible school. I said, you know what? You need to be harmless as a dove, wise as a serpent, and have the skin of a rhinoceros if you're going to make it in this world. And you've got to understand that you've got to become childlike. And that's what the, uh, the apostle uh, John is saying here. He's saying, children, it is the last hour. Now, that word last hour is very important. What is he referring to? The last hour. He's referring to the last days. Now, when did the last days begin? The last days began in the second chapter of the book of Acts. When the apostle Peter stood up and said that the prophet Joel spoke that in the last days, the same thing, last hours. So it's important for us to understand that we are in the last hours. And we've been in the last hours for over 2,000 years. Amen? Praise God, we are awaiting the imminent return of our Lord and Savior. And catching away of the church. How about you? Hallelujah, I'm waiting that. He says right here in the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Okay, so the word antichrist, it's very important for us to understand if we're going to rise above the deception of these days. The word anti in the Greek means to oppose. And we understand that, don't we? We understand that those that live godly in this life will suffer persecution. Opposition will come to those who were standing in faith and standing in what God's word says. You're going to face opposition. But here's the we don't understand is that the word anti doesn't just mean to oppose. It means to replace. It means false Christ. And it says many false Christ, many people, uh, many things that will try to replace Christ. That's the spirit of Antichrist, is replacement. Is to replace, to oppose and replace, to oppose and replace. So we're beginning to see this very strongly in our culture today. We're beginning to see this in the culture of our government. And the fact that they are becoming Antichrist in the sense that they're wanting to replace Christ. And there are multiple entities that have shown up in the cultural sphere that have sought to replace Christ. They've sought to supersede and say, no, look to us. We're your solution. We can solve your problems. And it's really unification and diversity. Oh, am I getting too deep in here? 
diversity that's going to bring about the utopia that you desire. You see, we all need to make $100 an hour. We all need to have yachts and boats. We all need to have everything that there is in this life. We're going to promise you that you're going to have a living salary and you're not going to have to work at all for it. Isn't that what they promise? And see, one of the biggest deceptions in our world today is the Democratic and Republican Party. That's one of the biggest, the biggest lies that there is. You vote a Republican in, things don't change. You, you vote a Democratic, things don't change. They stay the same. Come on now. How many remember? Well, you know, the big thing was W. We need to get W in because it was the Clinton years. We need to get W in. We get W in. He's going to come against abortion. He's going to come against the things that the church loves. He's, he's going to, he's going to help, help us live a more righteous, be a more righteous nation. Did that help? And then we had Obama. Oh, please, you guys just need to wake up. You are trusting in voting to change this nation. And God never said that voting would change this nation. He said the prayers of the saints will change this nation. I'm not against voting. I think you should vote. That's not what I'm saying. This is not an anti-political message by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just telling you, we have been eating from the hand of deception. That's true. And we have delegated our responsibility as the church to be the legislative assembly of God upon the earth into the hands of men and women that have ulterior motives and are wearing masks of pretense to get our That's the reason why you need to be led by the Spirit of God and not Fox News. They're only telling you what they can tell you. On both sides. CNN and Fox play off one another. That's how they make their money, guys. I'm sorry. That's how they make their money. In fact, if you look up, look it up on Wikipedia, wherever you want to look at Look up Operation Bird. Look it up. It's a psychological operation in which the government infiltrates the media to give talking points. Remember that from Bill O'Reilly? Talking points. Oh, you don't want to hear this. You, you don't want to hear it. You think we'd be past this. You think after 2020 we'd say, well, yeah, that's, that's right. But there's people still very upset that their government lied to them. And they've been doing it all along. <laughs> I hate to tell you, but the Bible says all the world is under the sway of the wicked one. 
It doesn't say half the world. It doesn't say a quarter of the world. It says all the world. All means all. Amen. Okay. All right. I can tell you this is going to be some rough hoeing, but we're going to get through it. Okay. Okay. It says, he says, notice this in the, in, I like what the new King James says. It says, and as you have heard that antichrist and it's capitalized. So it's talking about an individual or a person, but then he goes on and he says, so now many antichrist, lowercase a, understanding that there are other people that operate in the spirit of Antichrist. And we've seen that over history, have we not? We've seen Hitler. We've seen Mussolini. We've seen, you know, you could go on down the line and you can see that the spirit of Antichrist is working in the earth today. It's still working in the earth today, but there will be one man that will show up on the scene. Now, I believe the scriptures teach that will be out of the way before the man of sin can be revealed. Because with the church here, there's no way that he can be revealed. But that doesn't mean that the spirit of Antichrist is not in the world and that the spirit of Antichrist will manifest through different men and women and things of that nature. Amen? And so we're really going to study this spirit of Antichrist because we need to be able to recognize... The spirit of Antichrist, because most people have this misconception that when it comes to the things of the devil, that he's going to come in with a long tail, horns, red, and a pitchfork. And what that says in our minds is that the enemy is obvious, and he is not obvious. He is deceptive. He will come in like your answer. He will come in like someone that you said, thank God this person has come in because he is anti-Christ. So that means that he's going to mimic the Christ. Come on now. All right. Now notice this. Now here, here's what the spirit of the Lord was saying to me. You know, before we were doing it, it says they were out from us. Notice it, it says, therefore, we know that it is the last hour. We know it's the last hour because there's going to be frequency in the spirit of Antichrist. There's going to be frequency in that. And we're seeing that all in our culture. Selling out entire government, selling out people, getting people into bondage and into debt. Taking our resources and giving them to other nations. They're doing it for a reason. It's not. There's an agenda going on. People are against conspiracy theories, but you need to understand that conspiracy theory was coined by the CIA. And it was coined in regards to the Mueller report, not the Mueller report, but but the, the report on JFK in 1967. People were questioning the assassination and who assassinated Kennedy. And in order to shut that down, they started labeling people conspiracy theorists. And if you are a believer in the Bible, you cannot believe in accidental history. The Bible teaches that there is conspiratorial history. 
that there is an entity called the devil who conspires with human agents and demonic spirits and fallen angels to bring about the agenda of hell in this earth. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Don't, do you think they're conspiring? In fact, Acts cha- our, our Psalm chapter 2 says this. I don't know what that was. Psalm chapter 2 says this. It says that the enemy is conspiring against the Father's plan and his Christ. Why do the heathen rage? And why do they imagine a vain thing? They have gathered together and they have conspired saying, let us break God's chains off of our lives. Let us live our own life and do our own thing. It'd be, it'd be great if that just stayed in the world, but it's in the church. Hello. I don't know why the Lord's telling me this. But I got to go where the Lord is. You know, Lot was associated with Abram for years and years and years. In fact, went to went with him, and then there there became a schism between them. And Lot was already thinking, "Well, I could do this, and I could do that, and I'm going to break off from here." And uh, he already had his eyes towards the best and the finest. And that, there's never a time that the enemy will ever tempt you with lack. Maybe you under, need to understand that you have to cultivate yourself in the word and have to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit to receive guidance. And that not every dream that you have is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It could be inspired by what you eat. I'm telling you, you got to know when you're knower. Because if it's up here, it ain't God. But if it's in here, it is. And there are people all over, and I hear it all over because I talk to pastors just continuously, and they're breaking off. They're breaking off out of associations and out of out of uh, spheres of influence and, and circles that God put them in. And they're looking at the plains of Sodom. And they're saying, I can go over there. I can live over there. Well, guess what happened? He not only pitched his tent towards Sodom, he found himself in Sodom. Oh, Lord, you don't want me to. You don't want me to. I had a situation years ago. Young man. Really was instrumental in the early days of our ministry. Greatly blessed of God and a great help to me. But he got offended. He got upset at the direction 
he felt we were going. And the direction and the ideas that I was getting, you know, in my prayer time. And he didn't quite line up with them. And they didn't line up with what he wanted to do. Now, that's a key phrase right there. They didn't line up with what he wanted to do. Hello. Well, you know, he decided to break off. And he tried to do it, you know, and he wasn't very nice about it either. And he was looking over to these beautiful fields of Sodom. Said, you know what, my, my, my flocks can eat there and we can have plenty. And I'm telling you, this is a fertile plain. There's water all in this and I can just do what I want to do and I'm free. I'm free of the restrictions. Well, he went and started to work. Lasted nine months. People that went with him, some of them aren't even in church today. I have no desire. Is this too somber for you? I mean, preach it. Preach it, Pastor. We can get our own ideas. I'm telling you, the spirit of deception is heavy. And we have to understand the spirit of deception and accusation run hand in hand. See, when you're truly with, with, with people that God has put you with, and that doesn't mean you have to stay in the church. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm not talking about church attendance. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is associations where you're linked up with someone and God has put you together. Hello, God's put you together. It doesn't matter if you live in another state or you're doing it, but God's put it together. The enemy wants to separate those things. And so the relationships that truly matter in your life are the ones that are opposed towards them. Hello? They don't love you. They didn't pay attention to you. They don't use you. They don't. Come on now. That's that. Listen, there are relationships you don't have any opposition whatsoever. None whatsoever. There's no satanic effort whatsoever. You just keep floating down that river with them, just partying on. But then there's relationships that God puts together, and they're tested all the time. It requires a prayer life to stay in them. (laughs) Amen? Amen? It requires a prayer life. It, it requires inner. Stay in that lane. Those are the ones you need to pay attention to. Hello. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Because this goes with the next scripture, verse nineteen. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. 
That's very important to understand. Now, don't take it like, well, they used to come to church and they don't come to church anymore. That's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about church attendance. He's not talking about which church you're attending. He's talking about people that were connected with Christ and were walking with him and are no longer walking with them. You want to know if someone is truly connected to Christ? What are they doing today? Not what they did yesterday, but what are they doing today? Hello? There's a lot of people talk a lot of stuff. They can wear all the t-shirts, have all the garb, have all the bumper stickers, know the Roman road. But in another season of their life, they're bye-bye. No consistency. Don't want to be around God's people. Don't want to, not in the word, not praying, not doing nothing. And when you meet them, they say, well, God knows my heart. Well, your heart is deceitful. Is this too rough? Are you okay? I might just give Red Bulls to all of you. You know, I got to preach this stuff. This is my mission. I got to stand before the Lord. Hello, people get worked up about this stuff, but it's the truth. Listen, what are you doing today? Where are you at today? He said, don't worry about it. Don't be concerned about it. Notice this. He says, but they went out that it might become plain that they are all not of us. Okay. All right. But verse 20, this is a very confusing verse to a lot of people, but I'm going to explain it to you right now. It says, but you have been anointed by the Holy One. And you have all knowledge. The King James says, and you know everything. And there's a lot of people that think they know everything. (laughs) But that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about here. I said he's not talking about here. He's talking about here. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. So where does your direction come from? Does it come from your head? Does it come from knowledge that you get from books and things? It comes from within. What he's saying is you have anointing. The word anointing is synonymous with the word unction. Unction. And that's really the supernatural part of your makeup is the unction of the spirit that's on the inside of you. That's really... Where divine direction comes from, that's where revelation comes from, that's where the ability to overcome comes from, it comes from the unction. So he's not saying that you in your little gray cells know everything. It says you have the mind of Christ within you, an unction of the Holy One. 
Now, does that mean that we don't need the fivefold ministry gifts or to listen or read or study? Not at all, because the fivefold ministry gifts are to uh, enable you. They're never meant to be the end all of wisdom for you. People will say this. Well, you know, you know, I know what I'm talking about. I listen to so-and-so or I go to so-and-so's church. That is never what the fivefold ministry was supposed to be. Never supposed to be superstars. Never supposed to be rock stars. Never supposed to be put on a pedestal. They are to get you in connection with the unction on the inside of you. Hello. You can know something in here and not understand it up here. Because you live in a different dimension in here. You're connected to God in here. God dwells on the side of you in here. The Holy Spirit dwells and makes his habitation and abode on the inside of you. In your innermost being, God resides enthroned in all of his majesty, in all of his glory, in all of his wisdom. So he's saying that if you're going to be led by anything in this world, because that's what deceived means in the Greek. It means to be led astray. Okay, Kirby, come up here. Put that down. Come up here. Now, Kirby, God's got him on a straight line. Start walking a straight line. But then what the enemy does is he comes to bring distraction and he gets him over off of the path. That's what deception does. You're going one direction, but we say, oh, no, 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 no. No, you need to look over here. You need to look at this. And that's exactly what deceived means. It just means to be led astray. To be led astray. To be led astray. To be led astray. How can you be led astray in this world? Well, she can look like a brick house and she can lead you astray. He can have six pack abs and a nice butt and you can leave. Come on now. You can have a business deal in which a person is showing that you can make literally thousands of dollars within a month and it can mislead you financially. Do you understand what I'm saying? They want to grab a hold. See, don't get upset with me. When I talk about men and women that way, because majority of deception I see in the world today is in regards to human relationships in the area of sex. And it just leads you around. God's got you on a course. God's got you happy. You're feeling good, feeling successful, feeling fruitful, feeling whole. Not everything's perfect, but you just feel that you're on top. Then all of a sudden someone comes in and the enemy uses them to deceive and beguile you to lead you astray. And the Bible says that we are to be led by the spirit of truth, the spirit of God. 
So that means regardless of what I see in the natural, friends, regardless of what my circumstances say, regardless of what media is telling me, regardless of what my neighbors are telling me, even regardless of what my pastor is telling me, I must judge and yield to the unction. I got to go by the unction. I got to go by the anointing. Because the anointing abides in me. But that doesn't mean it's a reality to me. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, he's telling you something about yourself Mm -hmm. that many of you that are hearing this don't believe. You don't believe it in your ability to understand it. You don't believe it in your ability experientially, experiencing it. But it's the truth. Is God's word the truth? Absolutely it is the truth. So that means... That this is the truth about you. If you're born again, you have an anointing and you know all things. That's just not a a nice way that, uh, you know, he's trying to puff you up. He's telling you about your equipment on the inside. He's telling you about what God's done on the inside of you. If you look in that mirror this morning, you're not going to see the unction. In fact, you're going to wonder if the unction just left. But thank God I don't go by the physical mirror. I go by this mirror right here. And as I look in this mirror, I see who I really am. I see what's on the inside. People may not think much of me on the outside. But on the inside, I have Jesus living on the inside of me. And I can live free of deception. Mm, some, some of you looked at me like, oh, I can. I can. Yeah, you can live free of deception. But it requires work and effort. To stay connected. Amen. Some of you won't put your dreams and visions under the microscope. You won't do it. Some of you won't even pray about them. Because you're afraid that it may not be what you think it is. Hello, I've, I've had that happen many times. Well, I don't necessarily want to pray. I don't want God to change his mind. You know? They don't lay it out. Listen, if it's God today, it'll be God tomorrow. It's true. He doesn't change his mind. If it's truly God. But see, we, we need to understand that, oh, God, Lord, Lord's had, I don't know if they can take it. People are so sold on what they want to do, they've taken God's stamp and stamped it. And God's not even in it. 
and because they won't submit it to the unction. Hello? They're going to be deceived. Hello? They're going to be deceived. See, I'm trying to save you some time. I'm trying to save you some money in your life. But you have an anointing. Or you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have all knowledge. Now, let's, let's look at a scripture that backs this up. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. This is not in my notes, Kirby. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Are you getting anything out of this? Is it helping you? Okay. And I'm going to start with verse number 6. It says, Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written... What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. And a lot of people will stop right there. I remember I I was at a Bible study one time, and this guy said, oh, that's my favorite scripture. And he'd repeat it, you know. I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man what God has done for those who love him. And he'd stop it right there. But it doesn't stop there. I said it doesn't stop there. Notice what he says. These things. What things? No eye has seen. Nor ear heard. Nor has entered into the heart of man. What these things? God has revealed to us through what? The Spirit. Do you understand that? He has revealed those things to us through the Spirit. Now, they may not be a reality in your life right now. They may not be even, you may not even be cognizant of these things right now. But they're there. They're there. They're on the inside of you. Amen. You're not trying to get anything from God anymore. Did you know that? You're not trying to get anything from God anymore. We have received his fullness. The Bible says. See, the apostle Paul asked you to pray in the first chapter of Ephesians, asked you to pray that your eyes would be open to what you already have. He says, what is the hope of your calling? What is the riches of the inheritance that he's put within you? And what is the exceeding of his greatness of his power that is towards you because you believe? All these things, those are everything that you need. You need your purpose. You need your provision. And you need power. And all of it is wrapped up in a big, nice bow on the inside of you. And with that is everything, because in his riches is wisdom. Notice he goes on and says this. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts 
except the spirit of that person which is in him. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of what? Praise God. We were associated with that Spirit, but we are not. We have not received the Spirit of the world. The word world, cosmos, the system. Okay? So that means that our primary way of perceiving and understanding life is not locked into what we can see. I hope you're getting a hold of this. The primary way that you receive information and guidance is no longer from the outside in. You have been born again. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Therefore, now you are led from the inside out. It's a big difference. Because that means that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And when the storms of life come, I don't have to wonder about the storm. I don't have to analyze the storm. I don't have to wonder why the storm came. I've got something bigger than the storm. Oh, yeah. That's on the inside of me. Amen. I have not received the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world wants you to look at what's going on around you and it cause you to pattern your life and make decisions based upon culture. But now, because God lives on the inside of us, as many as are led by the spirit of God. Did you know he refers to this spirit again in Romans chapter eight? He says, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. That's the spirit of the world. Bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption. That means that you have been brought into position. See, adoption is different in the New Testament world and in the ancient world than it is today. Adoption, we think of it as going and adopting someone that does not have a mother or a father. But adoption in this place is that even those born in a household with a mother and father, it was only when they came a certain age that they were adopted into the position of being an heir to the family. So you have received that spirit, that spirit that has brought the maturity necessary to set you in the position of joint heir with Jesus Christ. Do you understand? You have not received the spirit of the world. You've received the spirit of God. You've received the spirit of adoption, whereby you cry, Abba, Father. And the word Abba in the, in the Greek and the Hebrew means source. 
So it shows you that your source is no longer your job, your position, your title, your bank account, what you live in, what you drive, what you wear. That's not the source of your life anymore. Your source comes from the only true source of life, which is the Spirit of God that is on the inside of you. That's that unction. That's that anointing. Am I making sense? Notice what he says. He says, you have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. Notice this, that we might understand the things freely given. Notice it does not say so that we might understand what God will eventually give us. It says the spirit of God has come. To show us and give us understanding of what we already have been given. Amen. One of the major deceptions of the enemy is to get you to think that you've got to earn. Just like Karen was saying, you've got to earn to get this stuff. You've got to log in and do this. And if you didn't read your 10 chapters today, you're going to have a horrible time. And if you didn't tie, the tornado is headed right to your house. It zaps all of the relational love and all of the relational stuff from the Word of God. This is, this is a love letter to me. I read love letters different than I read letters from the IRS. I got a relationship with this person. This person is speaking to me. This person is revealing their heart to me. This person, I got a a relationship with it. And they may not be there physically, but that letter is just like they're there. I'm enjoying it. I'm taking it in. I'm smelling the, the fragrance off of the paper. I mean, I'm consuming that because that's the way we need to have an attitude towards the word of God. But the enemy wants to zap that dry and make it dull formalism. I got to read my Bible today. Hello. Some of you act like that in your marriage. I got to go back to that bedroom tonight. Hello. Come on now. Hello. Dead formalism. It's lost all of its life. It's lost all of its love. Come on now. That's not the way we're supposed to be. But if the enemy can get you on that treadmill of trying to pray this much and read this much and do that, it's going to take all of the love out of it, all of the life out of it. But notice this. He has given us all these things. And the Holy Spirit has been meant to give us understanding of those things. Can you say amen? Amen. And it says, and we impart this in words. Notice that. How do we get revelation through the impartation of words? See, now this is a piece to the puzzle where it says that you have knowledge or you have the unction and therefore you know everything. 
But how we get that, get the awareness of that is by the impartation of words. So when I'm here sitting in a setting like this and the word of God is being declared and the Bible is being, you know, explained and the Holy Spirit is taking what's coming out of my unction and putting it within your ears, it's revealing things to you. And many times, have you found this to be true? Many times they can be speaking on a subject that has really no concern of mine. It might be something that I'm not really interested in, but because the word is going forth and it is spirit and life, all of a sudden the piece of the puzzle just clicks on in. And I'm like, oh, I see it. And it isn't even about what they're talking about. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is here leading and guiding us into all truth. And the sole reason why he's here to lead and guide us into all truth is because we live in a deceived environment. You've got to come to revelation that this world's deceived. Hello. And you don't need the Grammys to tell you that. You don't need Super Bowl halftime to tell you that. You work in places where people are deceived. You're working for bosses that are deceived. You're voting in people that are deceived. You've got neighbors that you have coffee with that are deceived. We're constantly living in an air of deception. And it's only by being led by the Spirit of God that we can rise above that deception. And it takes a childlike faith. Because children understand the imaginary world. They understand how to interact in a world where they don't, can't touch, taste, see, or feel. And until you get acclimated to the place where you're operating in a world that you can't touch, taste, see, or feel, or smell, then you're not mature. Hello? Okay. You guys look like I give you a shot or something. We'll have to give suckers out at the end. Hello? How is it imparted? It's imparted through words, not taught by human wisdom, but by taught by the Spirit of God. See, the reason why a lot of people will come into churches and they'll say, well, I'm not getting fed or I'm not getting anything out of the service. Or I just don't understand what's going on. It's really that they don't care at all. Okay, you've got to understand, my friends, that when the word is opened up and taught in a ministry gift is ministering because it's not me. The spirit of God is coming forth. You've got to recognize that I'm going to hear from the spirit of God. I don't care who's up here. I don't care if it's Joel. I don't care if it's Kirby. I don't care if it's Daniel. I don't care if it's anybody else. I'm going to hear from the Spirit of God. 
You've got to get this out. You've got to stop looking at the flesh and gauging by the, the book by its cover, so to speak, and realize that God works and flows. Because part of the reason why people are deceived is because they are judging the book by the cover. Well, what's he going to teach me? What's he going to... Who does she think she is up there? Up there sassafrasin. <laughs> and there are people, my goodness gracious, I, I've been in churches. Not this church, of course, but but I've been in churches. And I'm saying that by faith, but... Well, people will sit there and go, you ain't going to learn me nothing. Well, you're closed off. See, I'm trying to teach you how to not be deceived. Hello. Here's the thing about the unction that's so great. That someone can get up, a ministry gift or supposed ministry gift can get up. And they can start teaching from presumably the Bible or presumably from a principle of the Bible. And even though, Joel, you can't put it together in your head, something's off. I don't know what that was. I don't know. I I, I don't have the biblical IQ to be able to give jot and tittle as to what is going on and being said. But I can tell you that on the inside of me, I did not feel at ease. Come on now. I did not feel. That's that unction. That's that unction. See, this is what the apostles taught us about false teachers and false prophets. They wanted to teach their people to where they didn't have to have a false prophet conference. They didn't have to have a false teacher conference. They didn't have to write books saying this is a false one and this is a false one. They wanted to teach you how to yield to your own unction on the instant. Hello. That way you hear something, you go, hmm, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know about that. And sometimes, you know, it's our biblical IQ isn't where it needs to be. But when we're getting it from the unction of the spirit of God, we need to trust what the spirit of God is telling us. Say, you know what? That just don't jive with me. I just don't feel it. Now, I use the word feeling, and it's a bad word. But we all understand what I mean by that. There's just not a peace that's on the inside of us. People getting up and talking, and they'll say something a certain way. They may even say a biblical word in a way that just... I don't know about that. Because you're not just... See, this is the great thing about the unction, the anointing that's on the inside of you. It can look past the words that are being said, and it can give you insight into the character and spirit of what's being said. Oh, I'm preaching way better than saying amen. 
I'm telling you, I'm talking about this unction, this, this anointing that's on the inside of every believer. Notice it says this. It says, not taught by human wisdom. If there's anything that I see today in the church, it's a love for human wisdom about the Bible. It's men preaching about the Bible or preaching about God. Well, man, he is so eloquent. He speaks with this. He's got this Ph.D. and he's got this. Listen, I don't care. I don't care how many letters they got behind their name. It's the unction. It's the unction. Because I've heard people that have far more degrees than I have, and they're just something ain't right, even from what they're exegeting from the Word of God. See, I'm telling you that whether it's me or anybody here or anybody anywhere, you've got to submit because there's people that said, well, if brother so-and-so said it, it's true. You better check it up. You better wake your little poor self up. Well, you know, if he said it or she said it, I know it's right on the money. No, not necessarily. Is it lining up with the unction on the inside of you? Does the word of God declare what they are declaring? Okay, all right. Notice this, it says, I'm going to close with this. It says, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So the King James says, spirit to spirit. Okay, so that shows you the basis of all direction of receiving all information. It should be spirit to spirit. It can't be just up here. Now, you've got to use your head to be able to take this stuff in. I'm not saying that. That's the reason why we've got to renew our mind. But how many have ever been in a service where it wasn't so much what you were taught, but what you caught? Yeah, yeah. It's true. Come on. Do you understand that? Yes. You know, there's a time when the Spirit of God, you just catch Now, that can go in the positive and that can go in the negative. Because the unction that's on the inside of you that's going to keep you from being deceived is not just going to share, you know, and and, and put the words under investigation. It's going to put the spirit behind them. So if you've got someone that's living a hypocritical life and they're up there talking about the truth of God's word, you're going to sense that in your spirit. You're going to sense it. They can say all the right things. Even read the scripture word for word. But you're going to pick up something. Why? Because if you develop the unction, if you develop the spirit of God's interaction within you, spirit to spirit, you'll be able to discern. Doesn't mean you'll be able to say, well, he was wrong on this point and on this point. And Acts chapter 5 says this. And you'll be able to go in and just be rain man with all your stuff. It just means, you know, something ain't right. I need to pray. I need to investigate. I need to get into my Bible. I'm not sure about that. I need to go and consult with my father. 
That's where we really need to get. Okay. And then verse 14, it says this. Now, this is very important for you to understand. It says the natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God. It doesn't say the natural man may or may not. It says the natural man does not. Let that sink in. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. You don't receive the Spirit of God by your flesh. That's the reason why I'm against making church a physical experience. There are churches that want a physical experience. They want to tantalize the senses. Well, guess what? That's not how things are exchanged. Jesus said, my words, their spirit and their life. They impart God life. They bring spiritual realities into our spirit. And that's all I want. Whether it's our worship, whether it's our our time of meeting and a time of bringing the word of God, it has to be something that goes into a person's spirit and is a spiritual transaction. But the natural man can't receive that. Okay. All right. It says they do not accept the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to them. And he is not able to understand them because why? They're spiritually discerned. They can only be discerned in the realm of the spirit, in the spirit. You are a spirit being. You have a soul and you live in a physical body. When you were born again, your spirit abided in the spirit of death. You were alienated from the life of God. But when you got born again, God cleaned you up and cleaned you out so that he could put his spirit on the inside of you. Now that spirit has free access to areas of your life and you have access to the Holy Spirit. You don't pray out to here. You pray into because God lives on the inside of you. So it's not a matter of trying to drag God into your predicament. It's a matter of releasing God into your atmosphere. Hello. But even some people, I don't believe that. Well, you won't be bothered with it then because it requires belief. Okay, notice what he says. He's not able to understand it because they're spiritually discerned. The spiritual man, how many spiritual men and women do we have in here? Now notice that what this next word says. Judges all things. Well, we're not supposed to judge. Who said? I can't judge what I don't know. But the Bible says by their fruit, you'll know them. Amen. 
So if fruit's there and I just say what the fruit is, that's not really unscriptural. But if I try to speak something that I don't, if I try to fabricate and make some kind of assumption, that's not what we're supposed to do. But notice, anything we get through prayer, through the teaching of the Word, through our own Bible time, through our own consumption of spiritual materials, we judge it. Hello. And this is really getting sticky because we've got whole entire groups of the body of Christ that won't crack a Bible open, but they'll prophesy to one another. And that is never the New Testament way of guidance. Never. Hello. I love the Apostle Paul. You study his ministry. He received warnings. Majority of prophetic utterances are warnings of danger ahead. Now, if that's the case, I don't want any prophetic warnings. But you see over and over in the scripture where the apostle Paul said, I perceive. What's he talking about? He says, I got a knowing in my knower. Amen. I got a knowing in my knower. Are we despise prophecy? The Bible says we're not to despise prophecy. Prophecy is a wonderful gift of God, but it is not a means of direction. It's not a means to guide us. We must learn to be guided by the Holy Spirit. That means that if I receive a prophecy from someone about I'm supposed to do this and that and this, I have to judge it. Mm, no, nobody likes that. Nobody likes that at all. Well, they said I was going to do this and I was going to do that. And we just run off. No, we've got to judge it first by the Spirit of God that's on the inside of us. Because guess what? There are other spirits. If that was not the case, John would not tell us in the fourth chapter, test the spirits. Even your own human spirit you need to test. Hello. I'm trying to keep you from being deceived. You got to learn to test the spirit. You got to learn to judge. Notice that the spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. Amen. Why? Because the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Your spirit, man, is alive unto God. Jesus dwells on it, and it's as perfect as Jesus. Hello? You are one spirit with him. The crux of it is getting our mind renewed to where that life can begin to emanate and begin to work outside into our physical existence. It's inside out. Okay? And it says, For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have 
the mind of Christ. Now, he didn't just say that to make us all happy. He's telling us about a reality. We have the mind of Christ. That's the reason why I can boldly tell you that you can live free from deception. Doesn't mean deception is not going to come your way. Doesn't mean deception is not going to try to pull one over on you. It just means this. That if you will continue to abide in him and his words abiding in you. If you will continue to pursue the Lord and keep your heart close to his. If you will continue to abide and study the word of God and pray and face. And be open to godly counsel and receive from his ministry gifts. You can walk. And freedom from deception. We'll talk about this next week. But the reason why we're not seeing people living above deception is because lies feel good. They feel good. Well, they said that, and I feel real good about what they said. But you know what? May not be right. May not be right. The Bible talks about flattery. I tell you, the Lord is having me touch on some. I've been to church services in which a person's prophesying over people. And it's nothing more than flattery. (sighs) Prophecy is supposed to edify us, build us up. Prophecy is also supposed to encourage us. Prophecy is also supposed to comfort us. But it's not to flatter us. Oh my goodness gracious. There are times in which people would minister that way. And it's almost as if these people don't even need Jesus. They're so good. They're so, they're God's gift. Don't even need Jesus. You need to examine that. I said, you need to examine that. That's just proverbial blowing, you know, smoke up your skirt, so to speak. I'm serious. This is going around. Well, you're this and you're that and you're the seventh son of the seventh son and, you you know, and all this stuff. And you know what? I'm sorry. I'm not that good. There's times I've received prophecy and I'm sitting there going, no. No, no, I'm not that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hello. Hello. What, what am I using? I'm using the unction. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Well, you will go forth and be worldwide. Isn't that amazing that God always says you're going to go worldwide? You're going to go worldwide. 
You're going to visit all over the globe. Hello. I'm serious. There ain't not one Rama student when I was in Bible school didn't think they were going to have a plane and on the radio. Me included. <laughs> going to go worldwide. It'll be tall stepping all over the world. Hello. I'm here to tell you, my friends, that what you perceive in the natural may not be the perception in the spiritual. It may not be that way. I mean, there's preaching that goes that basically tells you how great you are. Why would you even need Jesus if you're that great? And there are prophetic utterances that says, oh, you're the missing link. You're the one that's going to do it. You're the one that's going to take it to this. You're going to be the next reformer. You're going to be the next stuff. I'm sorry, my friends. That's flattery. You know who God brags about? Jesus. And if it ain't Jesus, that's the center of the prophetic word, then you need to kick it out. You know what true prophetic words talk about? Being a servant, giving your life, commitment, sacrifice. You may go through something you don't understand. Now that's the kind of prophecies that God gives. But to tell you you're going to have a million dollars, to tell, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. Oh my goodness gracious! Stop me. If you're here and you don't know the Lord. You need breakthrough in your life. You need prayer. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how that that's vital and important to staying away from deception. How can you discern and understand the things of the Spirit if you're not interacting the way the Bible prescribes? Well, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Or you need to just simply have healing prayer. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So the ministers are going to come up here right now. Go ahead and come on up, ministers. If you need a need in any of those areas, they're right here for you to minister to your needs. And I'm excited this Wednesday because we're going to go back to our verse-by-verse study of the Scripture. And we're going to be looking at the book of Ephesians, which is my favorite epistle. So we're going to go verse by verse in Ephesians starting this Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. I encourage you to be here with pen and paper. Amen. Amen. Then next week we're going to talk about some, some gnarly stuff. You thought this was rough. <laughs> Amen. It's important for us to get a hold of these things, to mature us and to get us ready because the days of deception are upon us And they're getting more and more and more. And we need to be 
the people that will rise up and say, no, that is not right. That is not true. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. Amen. Are you with me? Praise God. Hallelujah. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.